I'm the doctor. I'm a time time. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Asterius. I see it rising and rising. Time and relative dimension in space. It means life. Greetings, humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and Hap. You are listening to Exterminating Doctor Who on Auto Radio. This is the show to take unpopular episodes of Doctor Who and debate whether they're really all that bad. With your hosts, Aidan Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking Series 4's The Doctor's Daughter. We are on another 10th Doctor episode. I'd say it's been a while, but it hasn't really, has it? We've <laughs> done more Tenth Doctor than any other Doctor, actually, thinking about it. Yeah, we've done four Tenth Doctors so far, out of the ten we've done. Lovely. I mean, and if you count the Christmas specials episode as well, that means we've done five, so half of them are David Tennant episodes anyway. Yeah, well, I think it's good. The fans get to enjoy the best version of the Doctor. Yeah, sure, and it'll probably be the last tenth Doctor we do what we do for a while. So yeah, but all right. Ah, uh, look at that! I'll be, yeah, I would show you mine, but it hasn't arrived yet. No, I've got this. I've got both of them, but I, sh- I thought I'd show you this one because he's got the little hand. Anyway, I'll keep. Uh, he'll keep dipping in throughout the episode. You know, I'm just going to say now when we we said men- we mentioned this last week. Usually, when we do these podcasts, we both watch it the night before. And then we talk about it the next day. Last week, I said I watched it the morning of the podcast. This time, I've literally just watched it. Yeah. When I say literally, I mean I literally end credits, came up here, microphone on, sat down. So I am very hot off the press with The Doctor's Daughter because I'm lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, and was like, ah, I'll get around to it. I watched but I'm, it. Glad, I'm glad I did. Yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't be able to do the podcast. True. But the first... No, actually, it's only the first two that we did that. I, no, I think there's been three or four that I've not watched the episode before, but that's irrelevant. Um, but I'm glad I watched this one again, because I genuinely really like this episode. It is... I don't see why there's a lot of hate around it, actually. No. And that is exactly why I've put it on this podcast. Because... Any right... Series four to me is Doctor Who's peak. It was the highest viewing figures that the new Who has had. Is the do- highest viewing figures Doctor Who's ever had were in this series. It was really just where it peaked, and then everything afterwards was just never as good. Do you know what I mean? Nothing ever reached yeah. here again. There isn't a single bad episode in this series, as far as I'm aware. What are they look- all in this ep- in the series? Oh, you're really going to get me Google that now, aren't you? I'm going to Google it as well. Well, I'm going to see if I can say that, but I've got to fact check you, ain't I? Well, Um, Partners in Crime is the first one with the Adipose. I haven't haven't Googled it yet, but I'm on my way. Then it's Planet of the Ood. Then it is something. (laughs) It's a powerful episode, that one. Uh, Partners in Crime. Oh, Pfizer Pompeii. I missed that one. Um, I like that one. The Santaran Stratagem two-parter where Martha comes back. Then the Doctor's Daughter, then Unicorn and the Wasp, then the Silence in the Library two-parter, then Midnight, then okay, Turner. you're right, it is a good series. 
And then it's Soul Journey's End. Yeah, this is my favorite series of them all. I don't think Doctor Who could ever get as good as this again. But anytime I do look at a ranking of either just series four episodes or 10th Doctor episodes or just new Who episodes in general, this one's usually near the bottom. And whenever I see it, I always go, why? The way you phrased that, I was like, okay, at the bottom of this series, I can understand maybe if people think that, if they want to. But when you said of a lot of new Who, that seems a bit backwards to me. Yeah, it makes no sense. So I thought, you know, we do a podcast where we take the despised and we defend them. I mean, I think anyone who's listening to this may know that, Aiden, because they've tuned in willingly. I mean, yeah, this is our 10th episode. Can you believe we've reached 10 episodes? We're in double figures. What's that all about? I know. Once we reach uh, reach 100 and run up, eventually we're going to get to a point where we're just going to do the leftover (laughs) Doctor Who episodes that we have. 400 episodes. Uh, I want to talk about it because I genuinely really like this episode. It has two of my favorite new Who moments ever. Yeah. Well, technically the same moment, but we'll get onto that in a bit. And in my notes, as always, I don't have a single minus point. Not one. I mean, my notes are really positive. It's just lots of quotes as well. <laughs> just from Donna. Donna's fab in this episode. She really is. Yeah. But this, I don't see why this could be seen as bad. It doesn't feel cheap. It feels like it's got a nice scale. It feels well shot. It's well acted by everyone on every on like all parts. The half can't be badly acted because they're just fish. Um, it's got really powerful doctor moments. It's got powerful companion moments. The chemistry is amazing between the companions and the doctor. It's the like a new character, completely new, has the chemistry which outshines any of the like companions in the new like the latest series they're firmly planted they're developed but they have less chemistry less character than jenny who's brand spanking you yes i don't i i I, right we'll have to go step by step with this because we're gonna have to yeah and of course what is wrong and i did you know i did do my research and looked at some common criticisms when did you do your research why setting up right no i did it this morning I woke up, watched a video with then the attention of getting out of bed and then going to watch Doctor Who. Got hopelessly distracted and watched Doctor Who four hours later. That's basically what happened. But right. I, did do a, I did a bit of research, watched a couple of videos, a couple of YouTubers whose opinions I trust, you know, Who-tubers, as we said in episode one. I watched a couple of their videos and see what they said. And one of them I watched, he opened his video with, I don't like this episode and here's why. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? So the only negative points I have on my notes are things from these videos or things that, yeah, I've, looked, okay. that I've looked at. Anything, when I watch the episode, all of my notes are then positive. So I have things that are criticized about the episode. But they're not and, your opinion. No. And what was quite good was, because I wrote them down before I watched the episode, when I was watching it in the episode, I, I could have a look at it and evaluate <laughs> Some of them are very minor nitpicking. Okay, I'll like it's people this. who want to hate this episode. It's it's the right before you say anything. From what you're saying, it feels like people want to hate elements of this episode to their choosing bits, which would usually be allowed. But they're I see, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, for example, this is one a nit. Some of them maybe have a bit more of gravity about them, but a, a nitpicky one that wound me up. It was, <laughs> it was, it was when Jenny first steps out of the progenitor of whatever, or whatever it's called. 
why she got makeup and eyeliner on already and i thought oh come on i mean my point <laughs> i did have one where mine was are they clone with the clothes on so i did that's a fair point the clothes is what really i focus qu- on just really quickly just get dressed in that thing but to be fair we don't know like that machine could create clothing clothing isn't that difficult it is just still matter and creating humans is still matter it's all the same just yeah. slightly different arranged the the eyeliner i mean it's a tv show you can't have them like even the doctor has makeup done but it's done yeah. so you don't notice you don't have a character come like a new character come out and they're just like right we won't do any makeup no hair they're just gonna <laughs> look like they've been dragged her head backwards yeah Perfect. she's looking she's looking yeah. well off and she just comes do- stumbles out like hello dad <laughs> the doctor this is your, this is your daughter i know she looks like she's just been beaten up but it's the the audience needed it for some reason i mean get over yourself that is such a you need to accept that no one looks at peter pan on stage and goes ah why is he wearing makeup i'm like a couple yeah that artistic was, that was it that was a nitpicky one. There were a couple of other things I was watching it. I thought, mm, maybe you have a point here, but I disagree with that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like I said, all of my notes are positive. So actually, this is going to be a very positive episode. I have very little to say. And when it comes to what would we do to fix this later on, I'm probably going to struggle because oh, I can't really think of why. But anyway, we'll get on to that. As, right. In a previous episode, I don't remember which one it was. I think it might have been the Christmas specials episode. But you mentioned that Martha is your favorite companion to which i said my favorite companion is donna now what is great about this episode is that they are both in it so you get a very nice comparison of martha's companion versus donna as a companion and how they treat each other so i think a good place to start with this episode is the companions yeah i agree the doctor is a fantastic <laughs> I just okay because, companions because what right was, out of the gate we get some great companion moments. We do. What was the um episode before this one? It was the Santaran two-parter. That's the one because I was, I was just trying to figure out the timeline of why Martha's back and all that. But I first off the chemistry is is amazing between the two of them because you really see a relationship that they both have with the doctor and you see how that has affected them and then you see the way they re- they interact with each other it's very similar to the way uh sarah jane and rose re- interacted with each other during the school episode i forget the name but it's that it's it's wonderful seeing that kind of instead of having everyone have a separate relationship from each other it really shows you that everyone knows each other and there's this whole there's just chemistry and they're they're fantastic actors as well and there are some amazing moments from everyone. I'd say Donna is stronger in this episode, mainly because she has the better branching path. But that's just writing, really. Yeah. Plus, There's, she is, of course, the main series companion. So they would do that. Yeah. Whereas Martha is just sort of back. But it's like, OK, nice you're back. Sure. And you've got some great moments. But, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, my first my first note is chemistry between Donna and Martha so good, and I've put there's no rivalry, just com- camaraderie. Yeah, it's like like you said, the comparison between Sarah Jane and Rose, correct? But towards the end of the episode when they bonded, because before that it's all like you know. Oh yeah, yeah, but when I remember them, I remember them when they're in the when they're talking about the TARDIS, they still talk to the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you meant, but it's before that in the episode. There's that you get a lot of the um 
I think Mickey even says, oh, the, the missus and the ex are together, you know, because they're like bantering off each other like, well, Rosie's like, well, he's never mentioned you and they say things like that. There's a lot of rivalry between those two companions when they're first, you know, first together. Whereas this one straight out of the gate, there's not even like, well, I'm traveling with the doctor now. It's just straight up. We've both traveled with the doctor, both learned different things from the doctor. We're buddies in this together. You know what I mean? And it's, you know. It works so well. It does. It is. It's a shame we don't get to see more of it because we only really get to see it at the start. Like at the end, they, the problem with the the problem with getting companion chemistry at the ending is it's for, is there's a lot of focus on a, on a very different matter, so you can't really have it. But at the beginning, that's not me um, saying anything bad about the ending. That's just it would have felt too much. But at the start, it's fantastic seeing the way they they interact and just they agree on a lot of points and it's really it's it's nice actually having after seeing 13th doctor stuff it's nice having being able to look at the companion and think yeah these ones seem to have a shreds of intelligence yeah and it's even another note i have from okay my, my favorite way to start a doctor episode is with crashing tardis so straight away i've got a tick box here when the TARDIS is just going crazy and they're all hanging onto the console. I absolutely love that. I love that because what they're doing is just, Way! yeah, I just, I just, any episode that starts with what was going on? I love them. I just do. So, but even when they're crashing, as you could say crashing or just being pulled away, whatever's happening. Um, the, doc- the, the, the doctor crashes the TARDIS no matter where he's landing it because he can't fly yeah. that thing. And then I wrote a note that says six episodes in and Donna's still learning about the doctor. And that, I think there's the whole thing about the hand and she's going and you know Martha says oh yeah that cut off and he grew a new one and she's like going, I thought this was just a weird thing you had on display and she's just it's like it it shows you right out of the gate even though doc the doctor and Donna are best friends and you know we know that across the whole series you know you get the whole thing but they say in this episode well you know we're not no 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 we're not together and that that's a recurring theme throughout the whole series but they are like best friends and it even shows you that the doctor, even to his best friend, he won't even explain why there's a hand on the floor. Like she's been, this is her sixth episode in the TARDIS. Well, fifth this series, technically. Fifth story. Whatever. And yeah, and it shows you how much of a mystery the doctor is because, and it shows you, how, yeah, it, it shows exactly that. And in compare, I just want, it's, it's easy to compare these companions to the ones we have right now because they, the ones right now seem to, think they know everything about the doctor or at least it, it, do you know do you know what i mean yeah you i know just, i just do said blank. But i just no i do because i was just thinking it's just i just really like the idea that like donna is the companion she walks in there's a hand on the floor most people would go oh don't mind my hand that was mine I, it, you know it got cut off i grew a new one well the doctor for six episodes and you know however many stories and adventures in between he's never mentioned it and Donna hasn't asked either. So she was just like, yeah, well, I'll accept that. This <laughs> yeah. doesn't change anything. So it's like, it's just straight away, 30 seconds in. I'm like, yes, I love that moment. You've got thing, you've got 30 seconds in, in two lines, you've got stuff about the doctor and Donna's relationship straight away. And then as soon as we land and we get introduction to Jenny, then we get the opening titles, which I messaged you earlier. I was going, oh, my God, have I missed this theme? And I texted face. him like, are you watching it now? <laughs> and I was like, yes, definitely not an hour before recording, but whatever. And then as soon as that moment, you know, opening title's over, we've got the uh, scene after that, 
straight away we've got some great companion moments mm-hmm. already. And it's like, we're not even five minutes in. And, and you are already given us good moments. I know. They're, they're, but it's not just the chemistry that makes them strong. They're strong on them by themselves. You can see their character and you can see how they've been affected by the Doctor. And you can see how they're different from the Doctor. They're not just these extra people to show to just they're not they're not there to do things like do extra things they're not plot devices they're there because they're traveling with the doctor but they 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 are their own person yeah like one of my favorite moments from donna we're skipping a wee bit ahead but not that far is when you know martha gets trapped and then jenny's like oh it's just collateral damage and then donna's like she is not collateral damage and i'm like yes that's so donna i love it and yeah, I, and, I wrote down the same point because, I mean, again, that whole point there, you've got, you know, you said it's so Donna, but she, she follows that up with, you know, she's there, she's saying she's not just collateral damage, her name is Martha, that she has that whole point. And then she follows that up with G.I. Jane. And it's like, she has to make this really valid point that gives, gives me goosebumps. And then she just throws in a sassy insult. And I just love that. It's. Donna has a lot. She is fabulous in this series, to be fair. And she has a lot of play in this episode in the way you can see how she... Because you don't get to see how she reacts to protecting the Doctor and how she would, because obviously the Doctor very rarely needs that. But seeing how she reacts to someone like Martha needing saving, is it shows you how she would react. And it's a nice little insight into her character more than you would get with her just being with the Doctor. Yeah, and she also, throughout the episode, is, in, in, is nudging the Doctor towards, come on, be a dad. You know, She's mm-hmm. doing that whole thing throughout the whole episode. And it's like I said, in whatever episode it was, it must have been the Christmas specials episode. That's the only other time I could have mentioned Donna. And I said that, you know, my favorite companions are the ones who stand up to the doctor and they actually say something and be like, come on, go and do that. So she is like, why, you know, she's your daughter, stand up. And the bit, you know, jumping ahead was just to support the evidence for this point. The bit we're in the jail cell and he calls Martha. And he goes, oh, Martha, you're alive. I'm here with Donna. And Donna follows that up with, and Jenny. And I just love those slight moments there. Because it's just like Donna's just like, it's not really standing up to the Doctor, but it's like, you know, nudging him a bit. I mean, like, come on, there's something else you've forgotten there. And it's showing that, like you said, each character has their own worth and their own character. And they're all here to give us something individual. Unlike, you know, I said this last week, you're not just trying to bitch about the new series all the time. But it isn't just like, here's three companions. This is going, here's three characters. And there is even a bit towards the end where you have Jenny, Martha and Donna all following the Doctor. The same equivalent amount as Yaz, Ryan and Graham. Yet they all have something individual to do and they all have their own specific role that they're all bringing. And they each have a different relationship to the Doctor. They're not just this person following. One of them is his daughter. One of them is a friend. One of them is someone who you like. he was a form of escape but kind of there was a bit of a, she did like him, but she was, she, she was the rebound ex. Yes, but she responded to that with strength rather than, it was, and there's, rather than just all being, oh, I'm the father of this other companion, I'm just here for him. There's, they've got to have a relationship with the Doctor and then they can have a relationship with each other. Like, it's, yeah. it's very, it, it reminds me of the Robins for, you don't have the first Robin, Dick Grayson, have yeah, this ah I will get into that when we maybe do a um a spin-off show about Batman. Oh, you're teasing that one already. Oh, that's, uh... that's that's about six months away. Don't tease yes. that. 
Yeah, um, but you know, you got to get, if someone <laughs> ran, were to randomly watch this and be a fan of Batman, they might just hang around for six months. We'll see. Maybe. Well, no, it's like you said, it's, it's, they have a relationship with the Doctor first and then relationship with each other second. That's a really good point. And that's exactly what, you know, Donna and Martha have when they're walking together. And I was watching, and they're talking to each other. And I just thought, my God, you have some really good chemistry together. There's no like, yeah, I'm traveling with him now. Or I traveled with him first. There's none they're of that. They're reminiscing about, they're, 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 they have stuff in common and they're focusing on what they do have in common and how those relationships that's that's how you're friends with someone it's the stuff you have in common and how you discuss stuff you don't and that kind of thing rather than just being they're not jealous of each other mm. which and shows it... strength in character rather than this i'm jealous of you because you're with the doctor now or i am moody because i'm supposed to be a dry character but i'm don't yeah and chemistry. even like strong character thing i'm really flying through my points here but these first ones were all about companion to be fair i'm on my fourth bullet point already but what a bit when marth when martha is taken i mean i know we, we just we're just dealing with the companions as a whole general throughout the episode here but when she is taken and she's with the injured half before she even says i'm martha i need to get back to my friends or anything like that she fix she you know he's dislocated his ankle i don't know what he's done but shoulder. she helped shoulder that's it I couldn't quite remember, but I knew she fixed it some felt like problem. like a shoulder, but it might not have been. She fixed some problem, some medical problem, and then she goes, I'm Martha Jones afterwards. I'm Dr. Thought, Martha Jones, which means... And I just thought that was a really, really nice d- detail. That, and she doesn't go in just going, I need my friends. I'm Martha. Where's the doctor gone? She's like, right, you dislocated and, and your shoulder. I have a duty mm. to help you. And then I'll introduce myself afterwards. She's she's then yes, it shows you her again more of her character and who she is. It doesn't she doesn't show up and try and she's not even doing it for her own good. She's doing it purely because someone is in pain, and that yeah. shows her depth of character and how she doesn't see humans as like people. She sees everything as people. You know what I mean when I say and what, people. yeah, and whatever you are, if you yeah. have an issue, I'm gonna. Solve that, that. that shows her integrity as a healer, but also how she has come to grips with each different what is out there when she traveled with the doctor. It show it it's a depth of character which shows her, but also her relationship in the world of Doctor Who. It's it's this episode has fantastic character moments, which I think really makes it. I don't I wouldn't like yes, yes, the aliens maybe aren't scary or whatever the people like to say about them i don't know what they do but the focus on this episode is the characters and it does those yeah it really is and like think about you know another specific purpose that a companion has is donna with the numbers the doctor isn't even paying attention to those numbers he just dismisses them whatever but donna is the one to say hold on no there's something in this but when she's figuring it out it's not like the doctor suddenly latches onto it yeah she she literally tells him well you're still not getting it and then it's it's a it's a proper like, oh, you're being dumb here. You're being thick. And it's very, it shows, she's not there. It's, 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 it, there's a thin line between a character being there to do something. You can tell Donna is doing that because it's a thing for Donna to do because she's been with the doctor and she's seen how the doctor responds to these little mysteries. But the doctor's too focused on something else. So she's able to focus on this. It's not like the doctor should have been able to figure this out because he was too focused on his own daughter. It, it just yeah, works. That's it. Because it. it's, like I said, try not to always bring it to the new series, but let's compare it to. Sorry. It's just. No, it, I'm, it feels... I'm, no, I'm saying that. I'm saying that before my own point. 
Yeah. Is I'm, th- I'm thinking, right, in this episode, each of these three companions has their own specific purpose, the why they are there and what they are achieving. Then I'm thinking, but what is Yaz's purpose? What does she bring to the team? What does Graham bring to the team? Besides Their just... purpose seems to change between episodes on depending on what they because need it's, to be it's done. Just, it's just there's a list of activities and they assign which one to who. There's no like, this person is here for that. It's not like, you know, the Avengers, where they all have, I'm saying that because the Avengers are just there in front of me. But it's like, they're not, but they all have their own specific powers and this person achieves yeah. that, this what person they, achieves what, that. What this episode feels like, they've got a list of the characters and they've got all their skills and they've yeah. got the episode underneath and they've just paired the skills up with the problems rather than the latest season what they've done is they've just got the problems and just randomly paired the problems up with whoever they think should maybe deal with it there's no they're not analyzing it they're just fishing in the new series that's what is the main point with the whole stuff it just it just works so well here Mm. and it just okay one of the negative points that I got from this morning's research was that there is no real reason for Martha in this episode. Some people say, why is she here? What does she achieve? Let that ponder in your mind. Okay. Now, I do watch it and I do think, why is Martha in this episode? What is she actually achieving here? But I do have a rebuttal to that. In that I mean, if she weren't there, the Hath wouldn't have any humanity. They, that they purely all, hate the humans. They're being and you, so. you also get. I was thinking if Martha wasn't in this, and you've got the Donna, the Donna, you've got Donna and the Doctor <laughs> and Jenny all together. They have to be together for all that chemistry to work. You can't split Donna off anywhere else. Those three have to be together. Mm-hmm. But in order to see inside the half camp and humanize them, like you see, yeah, like and see from their perspective, you need somebody else to be there. And rather than just being, you know, guest character of the week. I'd rather it be Martha, yeah, who was in the last episode. So why not just bring her into this one too? In terms of the like the in-law exam, in-law reasoning, she's the it's in the next it's the next it's chronological thing. The TARDIS doesn't care who's in the TARDIS. It needs to take the Doctor here. That's all it's doing. That's the in-law explanation for Martha being there. But it's not. But with this episode, in terms of the 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 story, you can't do like any other any other kind of TV show or film you can't have us suddenly follow the like you can't have us follow the villains separately because the villains are established characters the point of doctor who it's all different these are new people we can't suddenly follow them because we have no reason to we don't know who they are we don't care but if you put martha there we're following martha experiencing these new people these aliens and that's doctor who in a nutshell we see the new aliens through a, a character's point of view so, as you were saying, we need Martha there to even see the aliens more than for two scenes it would be without. Yeah, because, I mean, especially when they don't speak as well, do you know what I mean? And we need her to translate it off us. If we just did just jump to the half camp and they were just looking at the map, you know, at the same time they were looking at the map, the Doctor opens it up and unlocks the second level. If we just cut to the half looking at that and the second map appeared, it would mean nothing. But when Martha's there and then they all praise her as if she's done it, it's a nice way to see that. And, and it's, I much uh, prefer her eyes in that camp. I, I think it is necessary, I think. And it's it's necessary in... Excuse me. Uh, just Fanta does it to me. It's necessary in building up the character of the... Of the, the characters of the race of the Hath. Because if they're just this other army, 
you, they're, they're going to have no, in, in terms of their, in law, they're going to have no sympathy for humans because they've just been killing each other. It's going to be the same as the human side. But if they see a human help one of them, and then they believe a human has helped them to find the map to the source, and then they, it's, there is so much more, it allows us to see how they are actually better than humans straight away because they, they as soon as Martha helps one of them, they're nice to her. It shows their character more than obviously we would if we were to just see them in two scenes. And also a key moment is we see an individual Hath's character in the scene in the water, the bubbly yeah. mud stuff, where he jumps in and saves Martha, which is a really emotional scene, actually, with the way Martha responds. And that, that shows how they're not dissimilar to us, but it also shows how they are individuals, which is vital to creating a sense of we humanize them that's that kind of thing there you go that's yeah no that's absolutely an amazing point it is because it's yeah no point even building on it that's that's that nailed a couple of couple of the points i have here for the common criticisms are for jenny jenny so if we are moving jenny so if we're moving from um companions let's go on to wives daughters sorry i honestly i will never get over it i know i know, I know everybody knows it but it's just the fact that he met his wife on this episode who happens to be the daughter of the fifth doctor it just blows my mind like that doc that family is just seeps in doctor who do you know what I mean? Like I do, yes. The, it's, <laughs> how it's... can how can how can anybody ever imagine you were like they were all out as a family, they've all gone for a meal, and somebody goes, Well, that's bloody Doctor Who over there. With Doctor Who. And that girl that was in Doctor Who. You'd just be like, you'd just be <laughs> but, like uh, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's gonna be disappointing. So who did you play? I played that girl in Doctor Who. <laughs> well, I'm talking the average Joe who hasn't watched Doctor Who for ten years. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, no, so the average Joe hasn't watched Doctor Who in ten years. If you're listening now, um, basically David Tennant married the cat. The I forget her name. I'm so sorry. The actor George, who Georgia Moffat. Georgia Moffat. She plays the Doctor's daughter in this episode. So basically, the Doctor married his daughter, who is the actual daughter of the Doctor. The doctor. Number yeah. five. So yeah, and also, and also, another coincidence is that there was the Children in Need special. Do, do you remember? I do. Remember, do, do you yeah, remember yeah. this at all? Where yeah, they brought, where they brought the Fifth Doctor back, and that was before this episode. Mm -hmm. So there was no connection. It wasn't like, oh, I'll get my wife's dad in. It's just that the fifth, the Tenth Doctor meets the Fifth Doctor, and mm -hmm. then the Tenth Doctor meets the Fifth Doctor's daughter. And then the tenth Doctor marries the fifth Doctor's daughter. It's like it's just so many coincidences. It's literally like the universe was going. I'm going to pair these two together, Lucky whether they like bastard. it or not. Uh, well, she as a character, I am a huge fan, and I'm annoyed we don't one, get to see more. It's one episode, and she's already so strong. The you see the you see her personality, but you see the Doctor in her, and you see how she becomes more like a child i mean you do you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but okay you, you see how she 
becomes more of a child as the episode progresses because she's able to just be that side of her because she's with her dad because yeah. she doesn't need to worry and that's the idea that and it's an and it's a nice little um bounce back to how the doctor makes everyone around him feel safe which is nice and also it's it's the whole thing about what was he called colonel cobb or something i can't think yeah. what his name was now what is what was his name he's dead colonel... now, i can't think what his name was uh but he says you know he says oh she's got pacifist blood in her and I love that, that even like you know throughout the episode, she's learning that she doesn't have to just shoot her way out of it all the time because she is learning to be like the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love that. <laughs> I do. I love her as a character. And throughout she... the episode, as the Doctor's like struggling to accept her as like she's not my daughter, she's a clone. She's she's not. We are not related, and all that thing. And then and that moment in the prison cell where. He conveniently has a stethoscope, but she... I mean, when does he never carry a stethoscope? I love that in this episode, he is just pulling loads of things randomly out of his pocket. The little mouse. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, um, the fourth feels... doctor. The yeah, fourth doctor does that a lot. It the felt fourth... kind of classic who in a I way. Think, I think it's in Genesis of the Daleks. I could be wrong, but there is an episode where they, they capture the doctor and they take all of his stuff out of his pockets, and it's just like this whole table's worth of random stuff. And it's just like, how does he get all of that stuff into his pockets? And I can't remember which doctor says it. I think it's either 10 or 12 or somebody. It might even be 11. Somebody asks the doctor, have you got all the stuff in your pockets? And he just goes bigger on the inside. There is something like that he says. And I just love that as a minor moment. But the whole thing about as soon as he, she's identified as having two hearts, the doctor's like, oh, she's not a Time Lord. He's, being a Time Lord is more than just having two hearts. But by the end of the episode, when she's dead... He is like, she's a Time Lord. She can regenerate. And I just love that whole progression to she's a clone. She's not a Time Lord. She's a Time Lord. And with that moment in Donna in the middle, you you don't, you see his initial reaction is she's a clone. This is why she's not my daughter. That's his initial reaction. But you, you realize he's not saying that because he believes that. He's saying that because he wants to hide the fact that he sees in her his actual, like his original children. And he doesn't want to feel that pain again. And he's not saying that because he believes she's not his daughter. She's saying He's saying that because he wants to convince himself that she's not his daughter. So he doesn't have to feel that pain again. And that shows a real depth to him and how he is tortured. He's this saviour, but he is probably... We will never be able to fully understand the pain he's been through because there is so much there and we can't comprehend it. And it's And it's that idea that in the end, he finally accepts her as his daughter and he, he doesn't accept her he opens up that's what he does he allows him to feel love for her but in the end it's all taken away which leaves a real bitter taste in my mouth when i talk about it actually it, it hurts because we ah we should have we should have seen more it's so annoying it's so annoying yeah maybe yes she could she could have come back in the finale, I think. You know, when they bring back every single companion, you know the one I mean, with the Daleks and Davros and all of that. Maybe that that's a good time for her to come back. Maybe even when he does his reunion tour, when he's about to regenerate, he could have gone to see her then. But anything other than that, I think there I, isn't really the opportunity to do it. But they they should have done a bit. After, uh, I think the reunion tour could have worked perfectly, actually. Just imagine... Instead of her, instead of him finding her, she finds him. 
just just at a moment, just just to give him that, because then she can leave and go on adventures. But it will just give him her moment, him a moment of just knowing she's not dead, and that would just give him a real glimmer of hope. Like if you know someone is alive out even if you just you don't know what they're doing or what what's happening is if you know they're alive it gives you this wave of hope and it will really just it it would have been nice and it would have been nice for the doctor to know he's not alone and he and he's left some sort of a legacy It, it just would be nice yeah i mean they might have done that in the big finish series but i've no idea i've not listened to it that's the problem with an audio thing for doctor who is it won't be mainstream so i if it were a comic yeah. I'd probably read it. that's just frustrating because big finish i mean it's really really popular to the point where you know chris greckston said i will never return to doctor who anyway i'm doing a four-part big finish series and it's like wow if you're coming back for big finish that's a big deal and all the fans listen to it i listen to some but sometimes a bit too expensive really and but frustratingly they make better doctor who than doctor who now yeah. that's to the point we've got to where it's like they will go here's a con- here's an episode we're doing and i go that is a bloody good idea why aren't they doing that in the main show but something you know like jenny maybe she does meet the doctor in her series i don't think she does but it's great that she got her own series but i would have liked to have seen her come back but I do think there's very limited window to when she could have come back. Yes. Like if, if she came back with like Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi, if she came back with Joe DeWitt, it just mean it would mean nothing. It you could try and have some meaning there, but it wouldn't feel the same because it wouldn't be. It's it just it, it you couldn't you could it would feel it would feel semi forced. I feel like maybe Matt could have had the 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 acting ability to make it feel believable. But it wouldn't feel yeah, it right. Just, it just the, doesn't feel like his era, though. Do it doesn't. I mean? Yeah, and it and it doesn't feel right for a different version of the Doctor to get that emotional um, uplift. You know what I what I mean is it, to have that hope. It wouldn't feel right for the Doctor that lost them. To, it wouldn't feel right for David, the Doctor that lost her, not get the the reunion. Yeah. Uh, so that's why. Yeah. It's like when people say now, they go, oh, we should bring Rose back or Martha back. And I'm like, well, why would you do that? Because their era is over. You know, like Rose is just nine and ten. Any other doctor doesn't mean anything. No, not and really. We, we've discussed this before, how it wouldn't mean the same thing for the doctor either. Well, how I believe that. But they did miss their opportunity with the doctor's daughter. And I, I, I as I've said, would really like her to have had something to just give it a glimmer of hope. And that's something about Doctor Who I feel like is done too often. They do a good idea, but it just doesn't ever play out or has its payoff. That's like you is, said, it's sleep no more, isn't yeah. it? Same same concept there. But something people say, I mean, it brings us here, and a criticism is that it should have been a two-parter, and there's a lot of story that needs picking up. I disagree with that because I think this is a perfectly rounded episode. And even the fact we haven't had Jenny back and it would have been nice to have Jenny back. I'm fine with Jenny not having come back because I think her story perfectly works here. Do you know what I mean? Like it could have been nice to have a bit more, but I think without it, I'm fine with that. Yes. And I can't think. Okay. Okay. 
I can't think of what else you'd have dragged out for another episode, like a two-parter. I, right. I agree it shouldn't have been a two-parter because the episode is so well-contained and it develops every character perfectly. But I do think we should have had an episode more with Jenny coming back or some, or just in, or with her coming back, with her going on at least one adventure with the Doctor, then deciding to leave because maybe she disagrees with the Doctor's methods. I believe this because... The Doctor's daughter is such a huge, it's such a huge thing for anyone, not just the Doctor. You, if, like, if you had a kid, if, like, with Batman and his, Bat, like, there's a whole era of Batman and son, where it's Batman and his son, and then ultimately Bruce Wayne dies, and it's Dick Grayson with Batman's son, and then it's this huge thing. And it's the idea that they could have done so much with the idea of the Doctor's daughter, that to dismiss it as... They did it right. I think, yes, they did everything really well. This episode, this series is fantastic, but they sh- could have done it with following the Doctor and his daughter for a bit because there is so much character you could have between the two of them that it it, it makes me think that we could have had something very different, but it's something we maybe should have seen or it makes me think that it would have been nice to see. That's what I'm saying, really. Yeah. I think that's that's where I'm sitting with it, is that it they could have brought Jenny back, but I don't know if they if I wanted them to, you know, yeah. should have brought they could have brought her back, but I don't know if they should have brought her back. I don't think that's, that's where phrase, I'm sitting with I it. I don't believe bringing her back is the phrase I want. I think having a, a, like a little moment like this with Martha with this one, a moment where she's in it for another episode, but it's a different situation or two episodes. <clears throat> just bring her along. Don't have her come back, but just bring her along for a bit. Maybe, but I think rather than her being a proper traveling companion, I would have, I would have, had, I would have had liked it be the reunion tour. Yeah, I think that's where I, if I'd put her anywhere else, I'd have put her there when he's visiting everybody again. And he thinks, but then also if he thinks he's she's dead, then why would he go and visit her? That's why I'd say she'd have to go to him. That's true. I don't know. I don't know if that would have worked. I don't know. I can't think of anywhere I'd have put her in, really. The thing is, we're trying to base the idea of putting her in with everything else that has been established. But at the time, when it was written, could have been written for her to have a whole little episode, which felt fitting. Whereas we're trying to fit it rather than... I suppose so, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm struggling with where she could slot in, but... I don't know. I'm fine. I'm generally. I mean, there's a slight disagreement here, but I I'm generally fine. Obviously, with how I'm so... I'm right, but there is a disagreement. Yeah, I'm fine with it being a well-rounded. Here's Jenny. Here's the story. It's over. Especially because I... she has got the big finish series, and if you're into that, you can, if you're really desperate to hear more about Jenny, go and spend twenty quid on that. But we will. Say, but I will say this episode is in itself very well done. I would like to see more, but that's just because I like it, not because I feel like it was done badly. Yeah, I just think like the whole, the build up to the twist. And then once you have the twist, like the build up up to the point where it's, you know, revealed that the wars only lasted for seven days. That's fantastic. That works fine. Up until, up until, that all that build up is perfectly just up until that point. And all the time we spend with that twist afterwards is perfectly fine. I'm thinking if you did add another episode onto that, where do you put that twist? You put the twist at the end of part one, and then but then how do you deal with that for another forty-five minutes? Do you know what I mean? The I twist. Think it, 
doesn't feel like a twist that would work in a two-parter because it's no, so. I disagree it, with this idea. This idea being oh, yeah. a two-parter. It, I think it, it's this, perfect this episode should not be a two-parter, but I would like another episode with with Jenny. But that's not changing it's not, this. It's not a two-parter. Yeah. No. So yeah, that point gets stabbed. Yeah, I'm sorry. we are really, uh, we are like really ticking off the criticisms mm. here. We're really we're exterminating these criticisms. Oh, oh, another point about Jenny that I had. I feel like we've not really praised Jenny enough. Maybe go into that a little bit more in a second. Okay. But something, somebody, something somebody said about her is that she's very tropey. Because they, go, because they go, oh, she's seducing the guards. Oh, she's flipping through lasers. How many times have we seen that? And I think, oh, get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get over yourself. Yeah, it's, it's, I think, I also think, right, because this is a fairly recent video that said that. I'm not going to say the YouTube channel. I feel like if you're a big enough Doctor Who fan, you probably know who I'm talking about. But I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say who they, I'm not going to say who they are. But that, that, that review was from last year, maybe? Maybe even the year before? I think, yeah, sure, it looks tropey now. But in 2008, when Charlie's Angel was and everybody else was doing that, it wasn't a trope at the time, because that was when everybody was doing it. It was popular. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, I remember, it also distresses me, this, this episode aired 13 years ago. Because <laughs> I can, <laughs> oh, that hurts. Because that... I, can, I can remember seeing for the first time when Jenny does the flips through the lasers. And that was one of my favorite moments. It's not now, but it was one of my yeah, favorite moments. And it was as a seven-year-old child, that was one of my favorite moments in Doctor Who. I absolutely loved that flip through. And as obviously me, after Doctor Who's aired, I'm going, I can do those flips too as I'm rolling around on the floor thinking I'm doing cartwheels. But you know what I mean? I absolutely loved that uh, moment. Aiden's gone great... mad again. Bless him. She's obviously a very powerful female role model in my <laughs> seven-year-old life. <laughs> no, but with the with the kissing trope, they do point. They do make a thing out of that. With let's uh, let's see you do that to the doctor, and also Donna was going to do it, and it's the uh, and it's just she she's brat she's she's young, and she just wants to exp- like she just wants to use her skills. She's going to do everything. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, because she's a soldier and she's literally born to do whatever she can to win and to get out of whatever situation she's in. She also happens to be a female soldier and there's obviously a very, you know, a, let's call him a desperate, yeah, in, in need of fulfillment guard. And she thinks, I'm going to take my opportunity here hmm. and whack him. She okay. is a soldier who is denouncing what everything she's been told. She's literally... Wait, she wakes up with all these things in her head like this is what we need to do we've been at war for generations we need to do this that and the other and she basically just goes nah there is a different way to do that and obviously the doctor's there to help her through that but even some parts like when just before she does the flipping through the lasers when she has all of the uh, soldiers in front of her and she has the opportunity to shoot the general or the colonel whatever she should have done well, and she shoots the uh steam thing instead and that's a that's the doc the doctor wasn't there to say shoot that thing instead she decided yes. to do that instead she and has fantastic her characters for herself which develop yeah she she develops throughout the entire episode and yeah I, the reason i like to focus on the doctors because i like that dynamic but 
And also because he, t- he t- obviously he ties everybody together. Yes, but she really does have development. She, the doctor gives her, doctor's always a, a catalyst. Like this is the idea of what you should be. But she makes that decision all by herself. Yeah. And that is a fantastic moment for her. You're right. Well, that brings us on to the moment that makes me cry when when she dies and the doctor oh, finally and the doctor finally accepts you know that he she is his daughter and she's like we could have you we could have seen you know what is it what are they what are the did you write it down but the exact quote is something like you know you're going to see loads you can you're going to be great and there's all this kind of it's very much like you're going to live isn't it yeah i, I can't I, I didn't write that down i just wrote down how that entire scene broke me because it always does it's... yeah and then obviously it's followed with i never would which is, like I said earlier, it is genuinely one of my top 10 Doctor Who moments. Mm. Just that I never, three words, I never would, and it tells you everything about the Doctor. Right there. It's, it's, it, if, if I had to list my top 10 episodes, my top 10 moments of Doctor Who, it would be in there. That death scene is astonishingly good. Like, the... It's heartbreaking the way... Georgia acts as Jenny. You see how she has hope, and you see how she has hope till her very last moment, which 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 is heartbreaking because she is still kind of a child, so she's naive to the she's she's she she has faith in her father. But then you have the Doctor and how he is instilling this hope, but he knows that in deep down that she won't make it, and and his acting there is. And her, it it is unimaginably strong. Like it is so powerful. You see the range of emotions, the hope, the the acceptance, the anger in the way he responds to the colonel. That entire scene is one of the best Doctor Who moments because of, and it's not because of aliens. It's not because of anything like that. It's, it is because of pure character-driven acting and script. Absolutely, and it's amazing and another thing i said to you and you when you watching it yesterday is this is one of my favorite pieces of doctor oh, Who music, music as well it's a track called the source by murray gold i mean you know we don't really talk about music on this podcast that much really but it's because but it's because we've watched a few 13th doctor episodes and there isn't really any music it's just ambient noise in the background yeah whereas here you've got the and that whole track even if I listen to it isolated on its own, I'm sitting here like, because <laughs> it's just such a good piece of music. It's so powerful and it works <laughs> so well in the context of that scene. And as, it build, as it builds up, as a bit when she's dying, then there's a shot when it then shots, uh, shot, a shot when it shots, a shot when it shows uh, Martha and Donna stood next to each other, not saying anything, but the music is louder just in that moment there. And it just, oh, it just it just works so well music i absolutely love it is, one of my um, top five doctor who tracks that the is music is amazing it is so good it is so well it's just fantastic it's fab i love it it is. makes me it's, cry but that that's because it's fantastic yeah good music is key good sound design is key and doctor who seems to have lost the musical element another but, moment that was a, a musical moment to talk about was the prison scene which might even be my favorite scene in the episode that well no actually the i never would scene is of course my favorite oh, yeah. the second that's g- given so i'm saying my second favorite to that would maybe be the bit in the prison as soon as he mentions gallifrey whatever music is playing sort of fades out and cross fades into 
the Gallifrey theme that we, mm. you know, the that that gives me goosebumps more than that. It's like as soon as he mentions Gallifrey and being a Time Lord, that music just comes in. It didn't really need to, but the fact it does, it it gives you that feeling of oh yeah, we're talking about Gallifrey, and this is the legend of the Time Lords. It's it's incredible sound design. It's the this is when done right. This is done fantastically. It is the idea that sound, the music. Is, re- is in relation to something on screen. Like you have the Force theme in Star Wars, you have the themes for the characters, that kind of thing. And you have that in Doctor Who, and it's, and it's, it's vital to have a theme or a piece of music that relates to an idea or a character is so powerful in bringing a sense of empowerment to them or something like that. And Murray Gold is a star. I love it. Absolutely. Even think about when Martha leaves at the end as well, and as they walk. Hear her the, theme. I heard her theme. Yeah, as she's walking up the street, there's no theme, but then she hugs the doctor, steps back, and you get. That's it. Got it. That's where it comes in. Oh, it took me a moment there. I mean, it's just I have nothing but positive things to say about this episode, genuinely, because I just love everything. All my notes here, you know. My first page of notes is pretty much all character companions because I think they're just so strong. Donna is incredible, as always. Martha is the substitute companion, yet still works so well. Jenny is there as her own well-defined character, but also because she bounces off the Doctor so well. The Doctor, we see more about him, really. I mean, I'm trying to think. In this stage in Doctor Who, I don't think he'd mentioned being a father before. I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's the first time because for me, I didn't remember much about the Doctor being a father before. And yeah, because so, I'm because I'm such a huge fan of David's era. The reason for that will be because he hadn't mentioned it much. I think. I think this is probably the first time he mentions it before. So we, it's still up. We're four series in Doctor Who. This is the most popular series of Doctor Who by a mile. Most rankings you will ever see of Doctor Who series ranked, this is usually number one. Um, it is damn strong. Yeah, and yet we're still learning more about the Doctor. He's he's perfect in it. The twist is perfect. The fact that they say we've been fighting for generations. Yes, you have, but you've not been fighting for years. Such, I think that's such, such an interesting. Mm. It's such an interesting like wordy thing that you say we've been fighting for generations. You think, well, of course, yeah, you've been fighting for years. No, we didn't say that. We said that's, generation. That's so Doctor Who as well, to change a simple phrase to mean an entirely different thing. Yeah. That you'd never expect it to. It's absolutely such a good twist. And even Donna just being the one to notice those numbers. The Doctor isn't noticing those numbers. She goes, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was a temp. I'm good with numbers. She, she's are... been a temp in so many things. That's I love that. It's a character. It's, 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 it is a, such a strong episode. So, so as, this, as we reach the point in the episode where we usually do, what would we do to fix it? I literally have nothing to say. I can't fix this episode. I can say that I would have liked to see Jenny more, but that's just because that's I not like... this episode. Yes, that's because I like the character. The episode is perfect. Not perfect's a strong word. It is. It it's is. Per- a... It's perfect for what it's trying to be. Yes, that's it. There's Any nothing... of these attempts at trying to say what's wrong or bad are either attacks at the art direction, which is part of TV. You need to accept that people wear makeup. Welcome to the real world. And you need to accept that this was exactly what you're trying to say it isn't. Like you're, tr- you're saying it isn't doing this thing, but it is. That it's, yeah. it, it blows my mind. 
I was about to say, last week, what did we do? We did the long game last week, and we struggled mm-hmm. to do what would we do to fix it, just because there's no substance in the episode. Yes. The prob- the difference with not being able to do a what would we do, fi- what would we do, that is really honest. The difference with what would we do to fix it this week is that I literally have nothing to fix it. I mm. can't fault this episode. Is it an amazing episode? Not really. Is it one of my favorite moments? Yes. It, would I say it's like one of my favorite episodes? No. It has one of my top 10 favorite moments. Yes, I never would. But if I had to rank my top 10, 20 episodes, it wouldn't be there. And yet, but for what it's trying to be, it absolutely executes every single thing. It do, it ticks every box. And for what it's trying to do, there is nothing else that I can it's say. Nice oh, you should have done this. Comparison to the long game. The long game does everything it needs to do, but it's a bit boring. Yeah. This one does everything it needs to do, but does it well. And it it yeah. feels like uh, the the what the long game should have been is something that is like this. A, a ca- like a character moment. But Well-rounded. Yes. So it's just this one, although it feels like we're ending on a similar idea to the last episode, we're not, because this no, one is well, I, it's, really it's, good. It's a different tone as well, because last week we were like, I can't really think of anything. It's yeah. just a bit, it's just a bit, I think there's a quote, in, obviously because I edit it, I see our conversation about 50 times, but <laughs> there's a moment in that episode where you say, this episode's just a bit, <laughs> Yeah. that's an exact quote where you say. And that's how we ended it on sort of a downer where we were like, well, I'm sorry, we couldn't really, you know, that was couldn't, and that was a very strange pronunciation. I'm sorry we couldn't do anything about this episode. But this time we're like, I wouldn't fix it because I don't think there's anything to fix. It's much more uplifting because I think this is a genuinely good episode. Yes, and on that note, we shall end. Yes. Next week, obviously, you know, are you noticing the pattern here, followers? Episode 10. Followers, you all four of you. Thank you. Yeah. Episode 10, we discuss the 10th Doctor. Episode 9, we discuss the 9th Doctor. So what do you think we're going to do for episode 11, George? Peter Capaldi. Yeah. No. (laughs) Next week, we are returning to the 11th Doctor, who we haven't done since episode 2. No, actually. And I'm excited because I... I've wanted to explore more of him. Matt's doctor. Pardon me. No, not in that. Okay. Scene. Thank right. you for admit- admitting no, that on a podcast. Right. No, you know <laughs> what I meant. You, but no. So right. next week we're going to be exploring more of Matt Smith. That's what we get. Matt well, Smith's at least no, at I... least George will be. You know what? Um... <laughs> I don't do this to me. This is cool. Next week it will be an eleventh Doctor episode, and the episode specifically we're going to be doing is Nightmare in Silver. Silver. I don't know why I said it like that. that. This is the debut of these Cybermen. Can you see? Uh... I see. The updated, well, these have, they've been since updated again, but these are the updated Cybermen from the, uh, you know, clunky ones we know and love. But until then, that brings us to the end. Yes. I have been Aiden Gula. Who have I been, Dad? Who have I been? Oh, I thought you were talking to me then. Thank God you weren't calling me Dad. I've been, I've been a belly dancer, apparently. Okay, go away now. And on that. And on that bombshell. (laughs) I've been George Ellis. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And goodbye. I wouldn't be surprised if you cut that out. No, that's not going anywhere.